0: Welcome to Zichudafsim. Dafsim name Rabbi Ram Goldai and today we're discussing Yevamos Daf Mem Gimel, the fourth Subinto. So the three topics are going to focus on number one: the one on the bottom, Daf Mem Beis, on base taught. that Rabbi Yehavoh was leaning on the shoulder of a certain Rabbi Nachum while going on the way, and Rabbi Nachum asked him several questions about the rule of B'sach. Rabbi Yehavoh explained a machokas machokach stam in a case where there's a machokas followed by an anonymous opinion, the halach is like the anonymous opinion. Stam, machokas, in In a case of an anonymous opinion, followed by Mahrokas, the halacha is not necessarily like the anonymous opinion. Stam, a brisa, In a case where there's an anonymous opinion in a Mishnah, and a machokas in a brisa, the halacha is like the anonymous opinion in the Mishnah. In a case of a machokas in a Mishnah, and an anonymous opinion in a brisa, the anonymous opinion in the brisa does not carry any weight for a who redacted the Mishnah, did not teach this ruling as an honest opinion. How can Rabbi Chia, his Talmud, know that the ruling is definitive? The more challenges Rabbi with the Stam Mishnah in Kalim and a and a Brisa, where the Allah was not in accordance with the Stam Mishnah, and concludes that, in fact, those with precise knowledge of the text of the Mishnah cited the opinion in the name of Rabbi Shimon, so it was not a Stam Mishnah. Point them to the Gemara rules regarding the waiting period required for a nursing woman and a widow before they're permitted to enter erison. A nursing woman, she needs to wait twenty-four months, excluding the day the child was born and excluding the day she enters erison. And a widow, she needs to wait three months, excluding the day her husband died and excluding the day she enters into erison. And pointing with you, the Mishnah Duff Mem Aleph Amad Aleph stated, Rabbi Yossi says, All previously married women may enter into Arison at once, except for a widow who is forbidden to enter Erison for 30 days because of the morning following her husband's death. Rav the questions of Rabbi Yossi, based on the Kavach Homer. If in the morning period during which it's forbidden to launder clothing, which Rashi says is referring to the week that Tishba falls within, yet it's permissible to enter into Eresen. Then in a morning period during which it's permissible to launder clothing, which Rashi explains refers to the 30 days of Avelas, is it not logical that it's permissible to enter into erison how can Rabbi Yosi prohibit erison during this time? After a long analysis and one explanation, Rabashi provides an alternative answer. Shani <laughs> yoshana. Recent mourning is different than ancient mourning. But avelus the rabbi yochid, and communal mourning is different than personal mourning. Since the loss we mourned for on Tishbet is not a fresh loss and it's a communal loss, the mourning is not as strict, and therefore entering the erison then is permitted. So once again, the three points are: at number one, the more on the bottom of membase. Ambeis taught that Rabbi Yaboa was leaning on the shoulder of a certain Rabbi Nachum while going on the way, and Rabbi Nachum asked him several questions about the rule of psak. Rabbi Yaboa explained a machokas in a case where there's a machokas followed by an anonymous opinion, the halach is like the anonymous opinion. Stam machokas in in a case of an anonymous opinion followed by machokas, the halach is not necessarily like the anonymous opinion. In a case where there is an anonymous opinion in a Mishnah and a Makhluk in a Mishnah, the Mishnah is like the anonymous opinion in the Mishnah. In a case of a Makhluk in a Mishnah and an anonymous opinion in a Mishnah, the anonymous opinion in the Mishnah does not carry any weight. For if Rebbe, who redacted the Mishnah, did not teach this ruling as an anonymous opinion, how can Rebbechiyah, his me know that the ruling is definitive? The Gemara challenges Rabbi Abba with the Stam Mishnah and Kalim and a Machlokas and a where the halacha was not in accordance with the Stam Mishnah, and concludes that, in fact, those with precise knowledge of the text of the Mishnah cited the opinion in the name of Rabbi Shimon, so it was not a Stam Mishnah. Pointed to the Gemara rules regarding the waiting period required for a nursing woman and a widow before they are permitted to enter Eresen. A nursing woman, A nursing woman, she needs to wait 24 months, excluding the day the child was born and excluding the day she enters Arison. And a widow, she needs to wait 3 months, excluding the day her husband died and excluding the day she enters into Erisim. And pointing with you, the Mishnahan Daf Mem Of Amid Alf stated, Rabbi Yossi says, all previously married women may enter into Arisen at once, except for a widow who is forbidden to enter Arisen for 30 days because of the mourning following her husband's death. Ravchis the questions of Yossi based on the Kavach Homer. If in the morning period during which it's forbidden to launder clothing, which Rashi says is referring to the week that Tishba falls within, yet it's permissible to enter into erison, then in a morning period during which it's permissible to launder clothing, which Rashi explains refers to the 30 days of Avelis, is it logical that it's permissible to enter into erison? How can Rabbi Yosem prohibit Arison during this time? After a long analysis and one explanation, Ravashi provides an alternative answer. yoshana Recent mourning is different than ancient mourning. But and communal mourning is different than personal mourning. Since the loss we mourned for on Tisha is not a fresh loss and it's a communal loss, the mourning is not as strict and therefore entering the Erizin then is permitted. All right, so now we go to our Simradav Mem Gimel. And our standard Simrad is a magazine, a magazine. So here goes. The magazine on Psak called Halach Kastam had a special entering into Arison chart detailing which days are excluded from the count for a nursing mother and widow, as well as a feature article on why no can enter Arison during the 30 days of Avelis, even though she can wash her clothes. Once again, it's emotion. motion. The magazine on Psak magazine, that must and Dav Mem Gimel, the magazine on Psach called Halacha which reminds us that Rabbi Obo gave over to Rabbi Nachum rules of Psach such as Stam, B'Akhakach Machlokas, Halacha so the magazine on Psach called Halakh had a special entering into Arisen chart detailing which days are excluded from the count for a nursing mother and widow, which reminds us the more rules regarding the waiting period required for a nursing woman and a widow before they're permitted to enter Arisen. A nursing woman needs to wait 24 months excluding the day the child was born and excluding the day she enters Arisen. And a widow needs to wait 3 months excluding the day her husband died and excluding the day she enters into Arisen. So the magazine on Psa called Halakha Kastam had a special entering into Erison chart detailing which days are excluded from the count for nursing mother and widow, as well as a feature article on why Nalmana cannot enter Erison during the 30 days of Avelis even though she can. Wash your clothes. Which reminds us, of the Mishnah of Mem Aleph, Amin, Aleph state stated Rabbi Yossi says, All previously married women may enter into erison at once, except for a widow who is forbidden to enter Arison for 30 days because in the morning following her husband's death. Because the questions would Yosi, based on the Homer. If in the morning period during which it's forbidden to launder clothing, referring to the week that Tishba falls within, yet it's permissible to enter into Arison, then in a morning period during which it's permissible to launder clothing, referring to the thirty days of Avelis, is it not logical that it's permissible to enter into Arison? So how can Rabbi Yosef prohibit Erosin during this time? After a long analysis and one explanation, Rav provides an alternative answer. Shani Aveo's Chadash ma Avelis Yoshana recent mourning is different than ancient mourning, but Shani the rabbi me to Yochid and a communal mourning is different than a personal mourning since the loss we mourned for in Tishabag is not a fresh loss and it's a communal loss. The mourning is not as strict and therefore entering into Erosin then is permitted. So once again, the magazine on Psa called Halakha Kastam had a special entering into Erisan chart detailing which days are excluded from the count for a nursing mother and a widow, as well as a feature article on why Nalmana cannot enter Erisan during the 30 days of Avelis, even though she can wash her clothes. Alright, so now it's time for a 4 back Hazara. Daf So the Daf is a letter and we often use a mailman. So here goes. The mailman's daughter mailman. That must be one Daf Lamates. letter. The mailman's daughter who inherited her father's world-class stamp collection before her husband died, which reminds us that brings two explanations as to why Beishamai ruled differently in the Risha and Sefa of the Mishnah. Abai says that the Risha refers to when the Yavama inherited the property when she was already Oshomer's Yavam, whereas the Sefa refers to when she inherited the property while her first husband was alive, and the Yaduk Yada, the husband's rights in the Nixam is equal to hers. Rava says both the Risha and the Sefa deal with when she was Oshomer's Yavam. In the Rasha, the Yavam did not do Maimra, and in the Sefa, he did. Rava holds that according to B'shemian Mimer makes the Yavama a arusa u nesua. It makes her a certain arusa in terms of being doha her from Yibum, but it only makes her a safik nesua. Therefore, her heirs split the inheritance with Yavam. So, the mailman's daughter who inherited her father's world-class dam collection before her husband died ended up collecting her ksuba from her first husband's estate, which reminds us that the Chiyotabay the ksuba is upon her first husband's estate. The Gemara explains, the reason for this is, isha they bestowed a wife upon the Yavim from Shemayim. Rashi explains that the Yavim did not obligate himself in the ksuba in terms of creating a shibut, a lien, on any of his property. Therefore, the Yavim is permitted to sell his property whenever he wants. The Gemara clarifies that if the first husband did not leave her any property to collect her ksuba, the were Wormitakem that she should collect her ksuba from the Yavim, it they called the inamorzia in order that she should not be easy in his eyes to divorce so the mailman's daughter inherited her father's world class stamp collection before her husband died ended up collecting her k'suba from her first husband's estate. When things didn't work out with her yavam, who did yibum with the stamp collection in mind. Which reminds us, Malchus, regarding which is preferred yibum or chalitza Abashul held, the yibum is not preferred if there are ulterior motives. For it was taught in a that the Abashul said, if the yavam takes the yavama for the sake of beauty, or for marriage, or for any ulterior motive, it's as though he engaged with an erva, and in my eyes, the child that is born is close to being a mamzer. Later the Rabban came to agree with Khami who held that when the Pasik states Yavama Yavo Aleh, the Yavam shall have relations with her, it implies Mikoma however he has relations with her, regardless of intent. Daf Mem so the Sim Daf Mem is a swimming pool. So here goes. The father who inherited a swimming pool, swimming pool, that must mean where Daf Mem Mayim, the father who inherited a swimming pool after Yibun was done for his deceased son, which reminds us, there's a Melchogus Tanakam Reb Yudah guarding who inherits the deceased brother's property, his father or the Yavam. The Tanakam holds it's the Yavam for the Pasuk states, He shall succeed in the name of the deceased brother, whereas Reb holds it's the father for the Pasuk refers to the Yavam as the bachor to teach that he is like a Just as the Bukhari, even though he gets an extra share of the inheritance, does not get any of it while his father is still alive, so to the Yavim has none of the inheritance while his father is alive. So the father who inherited a swimming pool after Yibim was done for his deceased son, hosted a shniyas of a swimming party, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, one who did chahutza with his yabam is answered to her relatives, and she is answered to his relatives. The Rabban decreed that since a chahutza is similar to Gerusha, the relatives that are forbidden to a husband and his ex-wife should apply to a Chalutza as well. The Gemara asked that the Rabban decreed shniyas should be forbidden to a Chalutza or not. Do we say that they only were Gozer Shnios, where the primary relative is an Erevadaraisa, but for a Chalutza, in which the primary relatives are only the Rabbanan, they did not? Or were they Gozer Shnios? In any case, the Gemara brings a proof that they were Gozer Shnios from the fact that Ben Bito, his daughter's son, is forbidden to the Chalutza, and that is a Schnee relationship. So the father who inherited a swimming pool after Yibum was done for his deceased son, hosted a shniuz of a chalutza swimming party and invited a Yavum who did chalitza and was upset he couldn't marry the tzara of the sister of his chalutza. Which reminds us, the Mishnah stated, the Yavam is permitted to the relatives of the Tsara of his Chalutza, but is prohibited to the Tsara of the relatives of his Chalutza. The Gemara explains that regarding the relative of the Chalutza, referring to her sister, who accompanies her to Basin, the Rabban decreed that she should be treated like the Chalutza herself, and her Tsara should become forbidden. Rashi clarifies that people might mistakenly think that the sister is the Chalutza, and if the Yavam ever married the sister's Tsara, People might think that he's doing Yibum with his Khutza Sara, and that he's permitted to do so. Therefore, the Rabban prohibited one from marrying that Tsara of his Khutza sister. Daf Memolv, so the similar Doth Memolf is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma grandma, that must be warned Doth Memolf. The grandma who found that her grandson was Makadish the sister of Yavama, after her other grandson passed away, and then his wife died. Which reminds us, What is the din in the case of where a brother was Makadish the sister of Yavama, who was waiting for yibum and the sister dies? Is the brother permitted to the Yavama? Rav and Rabbi both say he is permitted to take the Yavama, and Shmuel Ravasi say that he's forbidden to take Rava Rav said that Rav's reason for permitting the Yavama is, Mushum yavama Because she is the Yavama who was initially permitted the Yavama, then forbidden, and then permitted again. Therefore, it's logical. She returns to a permitted state. Shmuel Ravasi, Since the Yavama stood before the Yavama, In a forbidden state for even one moment, she's forbidden to him forever. So, the grandma who found out her grandson was McCutters, the sister of a Obama after her other grandson passed away, and then his wife died told him he cannot do chalitza in the first three months since he cannot do yibum, which reminds Rabbi Yossi taught regarding chalitza, the Pasuk states imol and if the man does not wish to take his yabama in yibum. This implies that if he would wish to, he could take her in yibum. From here we learn ko ola yibum ola chalitza, but kol yibum Whoever can do yibum can do chalitza, and whoever cannot do yibum cannot do chalitza. This is the reason that chalitza cannot be done the first three months after the husband's death, since yibum cannot be done then. So, the grand Emma, who found out her grandson was Mekaddish, the sister of a Yavama, after her other grandson passed away, and then his wife died, told him he cannot do Khalidzah in the first three months since he cannot do yibum. And that he better not be a naughty boy and run away because the Yavama will be supported from his property. Which reminds us it was taught in the price, the Yavamash Nizonis Michel a Yavama, the first three months after her husband's death, she receives financial support from her husband's estate. From then on she receives no support, neither from her husband's estate or from the Yavam. Amad Nizonis Yavam. If he, the Yavam was brought to Din. By the Yavama for refusing to do yibum or chalitz, and he ran away, then she is supported from the yavam's property. The luck is that if she fell to a yavam katan, a yavam who is a minor, she does not receive support. Mishamayah kansuah. She has been penalized by Shamaim. Her husband is not responsible for her losing out. Daf membeis. So the simur daf membeis is a mobster. So here goes the mobster, mobster. That must mean we're in daf membeis. The mobster who was fuming when he was told he'd have to wait three months from the time one woman was given her get before he could marry her. Which reminds us, Rav explains that even though Rav holds that a woman must wait three months to remarry from the time of the giving of her get and not from the time of the writing, Rav would agree that in the case of a said three months are counted from the husband's death based on the Kavachomer. If you permit the Yabam, who was previously forbidden to the Yavama by Nisakhoras, to take her in Yibam three months after her husband's death, then Kavachomra, a new husband who was previously forbidden to her based on a love that prohibits the Yavama to marry until after she does Chalitza, should be permitted to marry her three months after the husband's death. So the mobster who was fuming when he was told he had to wait three months from the time one woman was given her get, before he could marry her, or three months after the previous marriage of another woman to determine the yichus of the child, which reminds us, the Mishnah say that all women must wait three months after the previous marriage before entering Erson or Nusun. The Quran that while it's necessary for a Yavama to wait three months to determine if she's pregnant, so that the yavam will not come to sin, what harm is there if it turns out a woman is pregnant from her previous husband? Of Nachman said in the name of Shmuel that it says in the parsha of Brismila, to be a god to you and to your offspring after you. Rushi explains that the Shekhinah will only dwell on those whose yichus can be traced to his father. Postponing a marriage three months will clarify if the child is from the first marriage or not. So the mobster who is fuming when he is told he had to wait three months from the time one woman was given her get before he could marry her. Or three months after the previous marriage of another woman to determine the yichus of the child? Blue is top when he was told he wasn't even permitted to marry a third woman because she was pregnant. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks why a man may not marry a pregnant woman since there's no confusion as to who the father is. After the first few explanations are rejected, the Gemara answers, The average pregnant woman eventually becomes a nursing woman and the Rabbani were concerned that she might become pregnant while nursing and the milk will sour, which will lead to the infant's death. So once again, the mobster who was fuming when he was told he'd have to wait three months from the time one woman was given her get before he could marry her or three months after the previous marriage of another woman to determine the yichus of the child blew his top when he was told he wasn't even permitted to marry a third woman because she was pregnant. All right, that concludes today's Shear. This is Rabbi Vramgol and you a great day and great learning.